Welcome to TW Now, where we examine today's news in the light of the Bible. I'm Scott Winnale. Many people today express that they're exhausted and stressed out. Even children are experiencing the results of stress-filled lives. Autoimmune diseases are greatly on the rise, and experts suggest that 80 to 90 percent of disease is stress-related. Headlines about the negative consequences of stress are prevalent. For example, in a December 2018 headline in a British paper, we read, the number of <clears throat> hospital admissions for stress and anxiety soars in decade. The article states that fast-paced and hectic nature of contemporary society has seemingly taken its toll on the mental health of many Brits, as outlined by new figures comparing the number of hospital admissions for stress and anxiety this year to a decade ago. Is stress and its consequences just something we have to suffer through? Or is there a way to escape its clutches? What can you do to avoid the vast number of health problems caused by stress? Today's returning guests have some experience with this topic and will provide you with the valuable insights and answers you may be looking for. I'd like to welcome to the studio again, Dr. Douglas Winnale. Dr. Winnale holds a master's degree in nutrition and health promotion and a PhD in anatomy and physiology. He's also been a faculty member at several universities. He's a Tomorrow's World writer and minister who has written on many health topics in the past as they relate to the Bible. So, Welcome, and it's good to have you back with us. Thank you. <clears throat> Dr. Richard Franz is a doctor of chiropractic with a holistic approach to medicine and the human body, and was also a university faculty member for many years. As a minister, he also approaches health from a biblical vantage point, and he's joining us via Skype from St. Louis, Missouri. So it's good to have you back with us as well, Dr. Franz. Good to be here. If you have any questions as we carry out our discussion today, we encourage you to please message us. We'll do our best to address some of your questions related to stress. Also, please be sure to subscribe, like, or share today's program. And to get us started today, Dr. Franz, I'd like to ask you if you could just define stress for us. Give us an operational definition so that we're all on the same page. Stress to start out. Stress is a, a, a normal uh, part of our life. Uh, it could be defined as a physical or a mental tension created by either something going on internally with our physical health or our well-being, or it could be from an environmental factor, uh, social situations, our work. But it creates a tension within us uh, that gives us a feeling of uneasiness. Dr. Winnell, do you have anything you want to add to that definition? <clears throat> I think as Dr. Franz mentioned, it's a natural reaction. If somebody comes up and pokes you in the back with something sharp, you, you not only have a, an immediate reaction, you have a physiological reaction where your blood pressure goes up, um, your blood vessels tighten, you get hormones dumped into your system, and a lot of things begin to happen. And this can happen with a mental stress, too. So the, there's a lot of reactions to stress. It can be good. It can be, can be bad. Mm. It can be good. It can be bad. Dr. Franz, any, any more thoughts about this good versus bad stress? Most of us don't think of stress as being good. Oh, stress, stress is, is an excellent motivator. Uh, it helps us focus our energy. Uh, it'll improve our performance in what we're doing. Uh, whether that's uh, intellectual or physical, it could push us out of our comfort zones. Uh, that we could achieve things that maybe we wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have tried previously to that. 
Uh, negative stress is uh, something that creates anxiety or concern, and it'll decrease our performance. Negative stress is usually looked at as a stress that's prolonged, something that we don't have control over. Positive stress is, for the most part, we have control over. So negative stress, that's, isn't that probably the kind of stress that most of us think about when we think about stress? <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's the part that affects our, our mental health and well-being, our physical health. Uh, it affects our social life and our family life as well. Okay. You know, when you're worried about the same thing and you worry about it over and over and over, all these physiological things happen in our body and they continue. And it basically wears the body out over a period of time and things begin to break. What, you mentioned the physiological things, the <coughs> biological things that happen in, in the body. What are some of those changes that we see happen as a result of stress? I think as I mentioned, your, your blood vessels constrict. So when your blood vessels constrict, the heart has to work harder to push the blood through. So your blood pressure goes up. And then you get hormones that are dumped into the bloodstream that have an impact all around the body. Uh, your immune system is affected. A lot of things are affected. Doc, Dr. Franz, when we think about this, the impact that stress has on our bodies, what are, what are some of the long-term impacts of <coughs> prolonged stress? Well, like Dr. Arnell was saying, it's our, our, our blood, our vessels constrict, and it really, our blood is shunted away from our vital organs to our muscles because we get into a flight or fight mechanism. Uh, a lot of us have heard that term that uh, we, we want to run away or we get, uh, uh, we want to fight. Uh, so without that blood, with, uh, sustained at that level, uh, our vital organs don't function as well as they should. Uh, sustained at that level, uh, we can develop high blood pressure or depression heart disease, our bowels won't work well. Uh, we could, we could uh, uh, there'd be a change in our, our weight, whether it be weight gain or weight loss. Uh, so there's the body, there's a cascading effect of the body's uh, reaction to this uh, long-term stress situation uh, that we're in. As Dr. Franz was saying, heart disease is one of the consequences people with asthma oftentimes it's exaggerated as a result of stress uh, a lot of people get upset stomachs heartburn things like that because your body secretes uh, <clears throat> acids and so on because it thinks it's going to be eating you also it seems to aggravate uh, alzheimer's disease people under stress wind up with uh, those symptoms coming on much earlier it uh, <clears throat> accentuates aging uh, and leads to premature death. So stress is not something to kind of, well, you know, I'm, I'm just under stress all the time and not worry about it. The key is learning to manage it because uh, it can be managed. Okay, and I, I definitely want to come back to that in a few minutes. Dr. Franz, let me ask you, when, when we think about stressors in our lives, what kind of things in our lives today are causing stress? It seems like when we look around society today, <clears throat> People are under a greater level of stress than they've been perhaps in, in decades <clears throat> before. And we probably have some research to even show that. But what are some of these major stressors we're seeing in society today? There's a, everyone, as individual as we are with our fingerprints, we could be that individual with what is it that creates <clears throat> the stress in our lives that's uh, of a negative type. Uh, work usually tops the list, our, our, our employment. Um, According to a lot of surveys, there's, uh, we, we tend to think we're overworked and underappreciated, creating stress. 
Uh, we might not have clear expectations at the job that we're at, or we're not involved with the decision-making process. Um, we, we can have a fear of, uh, or it could be caused by fear uh, or uncertainty of our position. Uh, but there's, there's a, a litany of, of stressors uh, that affect our lives on a day-to-day -day basis, as well as those things that just happen on occasion, the death of a loved one, uh, the loss of a job, <clears throat> getting married even, uh, buying a new home. So things that will change our life uh, overtly uh, to a great degree is going to have a, a, an effect on our, on our, on our stress levels. Yeah, one of the things today is um, we live by the clock. We've got to be here. We've got to be there. Life becomes a rat race. Uh, you know, students in school are stressed when they're taking exams. When they, when they get out of school, they're stressed because they have a big bill to pay off and they're not sure how to pay those things off. Uh, your environment that you're in, if it's very noisy, especially if you don't like the noise, if you're working in a, in a, a, a desk or something and somebody next to you is playing rock music or something that you don't like to hear, they may love it but <laughs> it becomes a stressor for you. Uh, even the urban environments that we live in. Uh, <clears throat> if you can't see natural things, if all you see is cars and blinking neon lights and stuff like that, this all becomes a stress that is probably very unconscious with us, but it, it's still there. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's one of those things is, uh, are we able to recognize uh, what is it that's creating the stress? Uh, to identify it and then maybe to put it in perspective. Because uh, again, is so many different levels or so many different types of stress that we're exposed to. Uh, do, we, do we even recognize it or, or see it for what it is? <clears throat> Dr. Franz, we were talking earlier about how stressors have changed over the last several decades. Uh, the way things used to be and the way they are now. I was wondering if you could share with our audience a little bit about what we were talking about. Oh, absolutely. If uh, we, we look back and a lot of times we look back and we, we forget the things that happened uh, that were bad and, and thankful for that. But uh, the 1960s, we had a uh, rock and roll. It was the sex and drug revolu revolution, civil rights movement in Vietnam. In the 1970s, we had an oil crisis. Uh, disco music. Uh, there were gas lines. I remember my parents sitting in line for gas. 1980s is when we got introduced to AIDS. Uh, kids' pictures were showing up on milk cartons that went missing. <clears throat> Our divorce rate peaked. Isn't that interesting that we had a sex, rev sex revolution in the 60s and a the peak in divorce rate in the, in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, in the 1990s, we, we had our president defending himself by trying to explain what, uh, to get a definition of what the word is uh, meant. Uh, it was the first bombing of the World Trade Center, O.J. Simpson trial, Waco, Texas, uh, Oklahoma City bombing. But today we really have, it, it's, it's, it comes into our home because it affects our children more now than it ever have. 40 years ago, parents never dreamt that sending their kids to school, to the movie theater, to the mall, uh, might bring them in harm's way and cost them their life, that their daughters might be having to share the bathroom with boys. And health care class is going to introduce gender confusion. Uh, so the yeah, stresses really are very, and this, the stresses are coming <clears throat> right into our, into our, at our kitchen tables, where before it was it's part of the news and we understood it. 
but now it's part of our family. It's part of our, our everyday makeup that we combat against. Okay. Any other you know, if we go back just a little bit further, <clears throat> in the 1900s, about 90% of our population in America lived in rural environments. So you're around trees and woods and animals and things like that. Early 1900s. Early 1900s. And uh, now, almost 70, 80, 90% of our people live in urban environments where you've got smog, you've got noise, you've got congestion. And, and these, these environments have an impact on people. You know, if you drive out into the country, if you happen to be an urban person, you could be scared because there's, there's animals out there. <laughs> but at the same time, you look at an, a, a rural scene with cows grazing in, in a pasture, you look at the trees, you look at the mountains, it's very soothing. So we, we've changed uh, huge amounts of our population, moving them from one environment that is much more peaceful for the most part to an environment that is constantly, if you live in big cities, the cities hum 24 hours a day. There's always something moving. There are trains, there are buses, there are trucks, whatever, blinking lights going off and on. We're living in an environment that we have to learn how to manage and get used to, to survive in. And, and there's, there's no escape. Mm -hmm. uh, that urban environment, there's no escape. You can't step out your front door uh, and, and look at uh, even trees, let alone cows. Uh, but you might step out your front door and be in the middle of a hallway of a of a build of a condo complex uh, that you only have windows on one side. It's, it's something that we can't get away from. Uh, we we carry cell phones with us. Uh, we think we have to. Uh, we used to be able to. Uh, uh, chained the phone to the wall, so to speak. It was wired in, and we could get away. There's, there's no getaway in a, in a, uh, an urban environment, where the rural environment offers us so much more flexibility and uh, ease of tension uh, to get away and to have at least a few minutes of peace and quiet. <clears throat> you, you remind me when you talk about how in the urban environment you can't get away. Uh, when I was in graduate school, my wife and I were newly married. We, we lived in a big city. And we both worked full-time, and on the weekends, she wanted to go back to our apartment, which was sort of on the outskirts of the city, but still in the city. Plenty of noise and motion. She wanted to go back to the apartment and, and rest and relax. She didn't want to go out. And for me, I was climbing the walls, and I, I had to leave the city. We had, we had to go to the woods. We had to go hiking. We had to go find some place to get away from the noise and, and all of those things, because for me, I just felt a pressure that was there. I remember reading a, a study a number of years ago about the sound level in cities. And the sound level is around 70 or 80 decibels on a regular basis, which is actually fairly loud. But we, we get used to it. And one of the things people don't like when they go visit the country, if they're from the city, is it's too quiet, <laughs> which is sadly ironic. It is a little bit comical, but it's, it's yes, sort of sad. Absolutely. Well, we've talked about a number of things so far. We've defined stress. We've talked about what is causing stress in our lives today and some of the negative consequences of prolonged <clears throat> stress. What can we do to manage stress in a more effective way? And what, can, what kind of insights can the Bible give us to actually managing stress? Dr. Wanea, let's go ahead and start with you. I'd like to just mention that whenever you look up articles and you look up books on managing stress, most of the advice is about physical things. 
if you do this, if you breathe deeply, which is nothing wrong with that. You breathe deeply a couple times, your body begins to relax. You take a break. Uh, these are physical things that you can do. But one of the missing dimensions in this whole picture is belief in God and a knowledge of biblical principles. Now, this is, is normal today because, you know, Karl Marx, writing in the, what, early 1900s, described religion as the opiate of the people. It's a drug that people take to cope with life. Sigmund Freud mentioned that uh, uh, <clears throat> religion is not only uh, a cause of mental illness, it is a mental illness. You know, I came across a quote by a physician. He said, I heard from my teachers in medical school that religion was harmful. He said, I have found as a practitioner, most of the research says that religion is very helpful. And he's talking about the Christian, Judeo-Christian religion. But the Bible has quite a bit to say about principles of how to deal with stress. And those principles actually fit with scientific evidence. So we can go through a number of things here, but when it talks about relaxing, Jesus used a principle in Mark chapter 6, about verses 30 to um, 32, where he told his disciples they'd come back from a mission. He said, let's, let's take a break. Let's get away for just a little bit. So he's using this principle of relaxing, changing your environment, getting away. Uh, you know, God designed the human body. He knows what the human body needs. Uh, a number of other principles that we could talk about. If you get stuck in traffic, for example, I was driving home the other night and um, the traffic was pretty heavy. I turned onto a road that normally is a bypass. It's about two miles long, but as soon as we turned the corner, bang, we were bumper to bumper. And I realized this is gonna take probably five, 10, 15 minutes to get through. And uh, I was watching a guy in my rear view mirror and before we turned the corner, he was kind of, let's get going. And he turned the corner and he said, ah, he, he saw what he's going to be doing. And then I saw him beating on the steering wheel and looking around. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be here for five or 10 minutes. I turned on the radio to listen to the news. So there's a principle in the Bible about redeeming the time, making the most of the time. In Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 and 16, I had 10 minutes to use that I didn't know I was going to have. And to me, it was, was a break. I looked at the trees because we happened to go through a semi-rural area. He was behind me, still beating on the, <laughs> the steering wheel because he was focused. He wanted to get someplace. And we have to be able to adjust. You're talking, you're talking about perspective, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Sort of changing that perspective. Dr. Franz, what do you have to add? It's interesting. Uh, there's folks that, especially driving, uh, there's, uh, it creates stress for uh, a lot of people because like Dr. Winell said, they, they don't redeem the time and make the most use of it. A lot of those folks are caught up into that flight or fight mechanism that they're, uh, they, that's how they live. Uh, so when things happen like that, that's how they respond. But to his point, especially driving in the car, I think that's why uh, there's such a, an, ups, an upswing in uh, the use of audiobooks and podcasts. It's really a time that you can get an education. Uh, there's language tapes that you can listen to. There's things that you can do to help yourself uh, that 
that you might not have thought about otherwise because well, driving in traffic isn't supposed to be something that's that you could uh, benefit from. Uh, we have to, it's not thinking outside the box, it's, it's just making use of a biblical principle that's already been there. You could even download TW Now as a podcast and listen to that. <laughs> Let me just make a quick question or comment to our audience. Uh, thanks for joining us here on TW Now. Today we're talking about stress and is it killing you? Right now we're talking about ways to manage stress more effectively and what the Bible has to say about that, advice that the Bible even may give and insights the Bible may share on managing stress. Dr. O'Neill, some other thoughts. Another piece of advice that you normally find in stress management programs is regular exercise. Uh, what people don't realize, the Bible says pretty much the same thing. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, uh, Timothy's writing, he's, he's writing about some principles. And he says that a exercise profits for a little while. What it actually means is that it profits for a temporary period of time. But uh, if you exercise, your body also releases what are called endorphins. And these are like natural tranquilizers in your body. So it's not only good for exercising the muscles, you actually begin to unwind, you begin to tone down. So there are biblical principles that point us in the same direction. Another aspect is contact with nature. Uh, we've been talking about this a little bit, but a number of studies have been done. Started back about 20 years ago where they were looking at hospital patients. And patients that could look out a window and actually see trees and see a waterfall, their recovery time was shorter. And they've actually found even if you just look at a natural, a picture of nature with uh, mountains and whatever, your blood pressure will go down. Or if you listen to nature sounds, you're listening to the waves coming in, uh, just as background information, these things actually work. You know, God put Adam and Eve in a garden. He didn't put them in a high rise or in a, a congested area in Jerusalem, uh, right next to the temple. He put them in a garden of Eden. Uh, Psalm 23 talks about uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures beside still waters. When you're beside still waters, you're looking at green pastures, your blood pressure goes down. You begin to relax. So there are biblical principles that actually work that the Bible contains that most people don't even study. They're not even aware that they're there. They think about the Bible as this, it's myths and stories and spiritual stuff. But there are powerful principles there. Mm -hmm. that if those are followed, they actually work. Dr. Franz, you were sharing a little bit earlier. I wonder if you could share again <clears throat> some of the impact that nature and creation can have on stress. Dr. Winnell just mentioned that. Right. Uh, but I think you had, you had some interesting research you stumbled across. Yes. You know, it's, it's interesting that the biblical principle, uh, just to mention, we have a booklet called Which Day is the Christian Sabbath? What a great idea to get one day off a week. And Dr. Meredith wrote in that booklet, a family walk through a natural setting, for example, is a wonderful way to get in touch with the great God who made the beautiful creation that we see. Uh, the National Institute of Health said there's a growing number of studies that say being, visiting green spaces and being exposed to natural environments reduce physiological stress. Uh, I like walking. My wife and I enjoy a walk. I don't get to be among the trees as much as I'd like, but we live in a neighborhood that at least does have trees. Uh, walking uh, reduces cortisol levels. That's, the, that's our stress hormone. Uh, and it reduces depression. 
what I think is fascinating is plants admit something called a phytocyte. They use that to protect themselves against bugs and diseases. But studies show that it also helps us, and it helps our body form white blood cells that are natural killers. They're part of our immune system. And one trip in a forest could actually boost our immune system for seven days. Uh, being out walking is going to improve our focus. It's going to give our cognitive part of our brain, the thinking part of our brain, a break uh, that we can actually now, when we get back to the task at hand, we'll be better able to focus and to work. I think one of the things that we see in schools, uh, ADHD is a, is a big factor in, in many with many children today. Uh, they're taking a, a recess away. Uh, when kids play outside, they have an opportunity uh, to replenish their directed attention. Uh, so get them out of the classroom, get them outside, and just let them run. It helps their brain. It actually exercise actually helps your brain uh, get ready to learn. Uh, if we're not, if we're only studying, if we're only involved with academics, and we're not involved with any kind of exercise, i.e., walking. Uh, we're not getting the best out of our academic exercise that we could. And again, we're, we're talking about stress and we're talking about the effects of stress. Uh, getting outside and walking is a, uh, one, of the, one of the best ways uh, that I could find and it, the easiest ways that I could find that we could reduce our stress levels and manage much better. You know, and for people that live in urban areas, say you're in a high-rise building or something and you can't get out and walk down the street, it might not be safe. But if you get in just a nice picture, you don't have to spend a whole lot of money on it. Put it on the wall in your bedroom or your living room where you see waterfalls, you see mountains. You know, your, your spirit is going to go out and kind of connect with those things. You remind me, <clears throat> today with our smart televisions and our connectivity, yeah. you get on a channel like YouTube and you can actually download or connect to visual imagery with music in the background, images of creation, which actually can be pretty relaxing. You know, the dentist that I go to, he used to have pictures like that. You look at the television while he's working on you. You got fish swimming around and you got waves coming in. And they've recently changed it where they've got ads coming in and stuff like that. And it's frustrating because you can't follow it because all of a sudden the hand is in your face. But there are things that we can do. Let me just mention a couple more. The Bible talks about uh, bringing every thought into captivity. In other words, control what you think about. Uh, if you're under stress, you tend to think about the bill you got to pay and this and that and the person you don't like at work. If you control those thoughts and you point them in a different direction, there's an old saying, count your blessings. And if you start counting the blessings that you have and you think about ways that you can work better with a person, you know, your brain is actually going to rewire. And if you pray about them, say, God, please help me work with so and so. And you do that over and over instead of letting these thoughts run through your mind. I don't like them. I don't like them. I'm going to get them. Your brain will actually rewire. It's called neuroplasticity. So there are things that we can do. Being thankful, I think, is a big thing. Mm. And, and a very biblical principle. Very isn't biblical. It? Very biblical. Dr. Franz. I, I think a, uh, one of the f uh, fastest. Uh, uh, one of the fastest ways to relieve stress. Uh, is do something nice for somebody. Uh, you leave the house in the morning, you had an <laughs> argument with your wife. This happened to me. Uh, the dog messed on the floor, the kids aren't behaving. You're on your way to work and some guy's in the middle of the road waving his hands at you with a tire laying outside of his truck. And all he wants to do is get the tire back in the truck and you don't even have to get out of your car. 
And so I backed my pickup truck to his. He got the tire in my truck and then consequently put it in the bed of his of his truck. And that made my day. I forgot about everything. I bought my five flowers on the way home, hugged and kissed <laughs> the kids, petted the dog when I got home. It, it was fantastic. <laughs> so it's, doing something nice for somebody is a way out of stress. You know, it, it sounds almost cliche when you say that. But there's actually a decent amount of science that shows that that's actually the case. Maybe you could even explain a little bit why doing something nicely for someone helps lower our stress levels. Well, for, for one thing, the big thing is we understand in Scripture it's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, so when we have that attitude, when we when we have that attitude of giving, it's gonna it's gonna again release those endorphins and the and dopamine, that expectation of something good happening, and that's gonna resonate with our own physiology and our own mental capacity, and it's gonna relieve all of those factors that have come into our mind. Uh, Dr. Wynell mentioned to bring every thought into the captivity. Take them captive. Don't let them run wild in your brain. And focusing mm -hmm. our attention on somebody else and away from ourselves mm -hmm. uh, just works uh, wonders. I'd like to mention one other thing. We mentioned, I mentioned the very beginning. The belief in God is important to dealing with stress and dealing with life. Many people are not convinced today that God exists. That, that's a shame. It's, 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 it's tragedy. Because God makes certain statements in the Bible, they're inspired there. When we understand the promises that God makes. In Romans 8.28, he says that all things will work to the good, you know, for those people that are looking to God. And when you're looking to God to intervene, you have a perspective that you realize, I know this is going to work out for good because God will work it out for good. I don't have to worry about it that much. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, you're going to be tried just like everybody else, but I will make a way of escape. Now, when you have this perspective, you don't have to worry about everything because you're looking to God to do for you what he cannot, what you're not going to be able to do for yourself. So we're being robbed today of a dimension, a spiritual dimension, when this is not brought into uh, education, when it's the media puts down these things. Like this doctor said, he said, I heard in medical school from my professors that religion was, <laughs> was harmful. But he said, I've found that it's not. And the science behind it says it's not. Dr. Meredith has a, uh, we have a booklet that he wrote, uh, Your Ultimate Destiny. And he asked the question, why does God allow dedicated Christians to go through years of decades of, or years and decades of trials, tests, and persecutions? Uh, and he quotes Romans 8.18 that talks about the sufferings of this time are not, uh, are not to be compared with the glory that's revealed in us. And he concludes by saying throughout the Bible there's literally dozens of verses that indicate our sufferings and trials and tests. The whole process of overcoming helps fashion and mold us into the image of God. So like Dr. Wynell said, the perspective that we take, the, 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 uh, the light that we shine on the difficulties that we go through, uh, if we understand God and we understand his truth and that these things are going to work out, and our, the whole idea is we understand that uh, the, our ultimate destiny is we are going to be part of the God family, spirit beings one day, and all it puts everything that we're going through in life in a little bit better perspective, mm. and it's really the reality of it. It puts it in a real perspective as opposed to one that our minds just might have conjured up uh, in the heat of the moment. 
And that concept of perspective, we come back to it again. It really is important when we're talking about stress because when we're stressed, we tend to narrow in uh, versus that bigger perspective helps put that stressor, that small stressor in a different context, doesn't it? Gentlemen, I want to wind down. We covered a lot of ground today, and I think you've given some really helpful, practical pieces of advice that our audience can use right now and put into practice right now. I would like to ask a final question, and Dr. Winnale, we'll start with you if you don't mind. What is a key takeaway message you'd like to leave our audience with today related to stress and managing and balancing it? You know, Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, talks about pondering the path of your feet, thinking about where you're going to go, thinking about how I'm going to deal with life. I would encourage everybody to make a plan, identify what the stressors are, since we're talking about stress. Identify what the stress is in your life and then make a plan to deal with it. Now, we've talked about exercise, deep breathing, we've talked about reframing situations, we've talked about contact with nature, being thankful. Make a plan. One of our members that I travel with in South Africa when I'm down there, I'll ask him, well, how are we going to do this? He says, we will make a plan. <laughs> we will make a plan. I would encourage you, make a plan to deal with the stressors that you're dealing with. Get some advice, pray about it, ask God for guidance, but make a plan. Okay. Dr. Franz. I think one of the best things, and I'm going to go back to this. We mentioned that earlier, but I, I, I love it that our audience would take this away. Uh, Dr. Wynnell said, ponder the path of your feet. I tell you to get your, path, your feet on a path. Uh, begin a walking program. Research says 150 minutes a week will improve your mental attitude. It'll improve your mental capacity. Uh, so many of us are Bible students. We read and study scripture, and we want to do better at, at memorizing scriptures or remembering things in scripture, taking a walk. You can use it as family time. It's a time to relax. It's a de-stressor. And it increases not only our, our emotional and our spiritual well-being, but our physical well-being as well. So it's really a uh, it's a non it's an uncomplicated, inexpensive method uh, to help overall uh, living our lives from day to day in this world. And if you walk with a mate, you might actually improve your marriage at the same time as you decrease Amen. your stress. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure having you both on the program today. Dr. Franz, thanks for connecting in with us from St. Louis. Thank you. And Dr. Winnell, thank you for being in the studio with us again today. Thank you. Thank you. Stress is everywhere. And it seems like most people are stressed most of the time. There are so many elements in our modern societies that result in increased stress. <clears throat> Yet there is still a great deal of control we can have over the stressors in our lives. In recent decades, science seems to be lending weight to biblical principles given long ago as they relate to stress. Amazingly, many, in, many of God's commands in the Bible do help us manage our stress and improve our health. Actions like getting enough rest, reducing worry, going to church regularly, praying, finding time to relax, and even listening to music can all help us better manage our stress, as can planning for the future and managing our time as well. Ultimately, trusting God to lead and protect us is one of the most powerful tools for managing our stress, as we've just talked about. We really can manage our stress successfully, but it requires taking actions and making some changes.
To learn more about how to effectively manage your stress, be sure to read or listen to our article, Overcoming Stress. And you can find that on the tomorrowsworld.org website. Again, that's Overcoming Stress. To view more of today's news in the light of the Bible, please continue to join us each week here on TW Now. Next week, we plan to discuss water baptism and why it's critical for salvation. We look forward to seeing you again next week. And by the way, please, we invite you to share, subscribe, or like today's program. Have a great week.